Yo, and welcome to the 61st episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us again, only a couple weeks off of his day two at the Indie Regionals, we have SackSack17. How's it going, Mellow? Thanks for having me. And joining us after 2-4 drop at Indie Regionals, we have Nikhil, a.k.a. the Gyroscope Eevee. This is not 2-4, it's 3-4. How's it going, <laughs> I got a third win, bro. Let me be. So we got a very special episode for you today because we're going to talk about Astral Radiance. Now, you may have noticed, and I know you noticed because I got several DMs or Twitter mentions or people in Twitch chat asking, hey, did you have an episode last week that didn't get uploaded? No. Uh... I was in Vancouver Regionals, and then when I came back, I had played zero games of Astral Radiance, and at the Lake of Rage podcast, we aim to bring you the highest quality content, and with zero games under my belt, I decided I probably shouldn't talk about stuff I have no idea. So we took the week off in order to actually playtest the format so we can bring you the best information possible, and that's what we're going to be bringing you today. Also, some of you have reached out, Mellow. How can we support the podcast? Well, that's a great question. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have a sponsor or anything like that. The best way to support the podcast, if you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating. If you're not on iTunes, uh, go to iTunes and leave a rating. Or if your podcast app has one, go and leave a rating there. I can tell you how to trim your oddish. Just Also, you can check out the stream. Watching the stream live also gives Mellow a little bit of benefit there. Twitch.tv slash Mellow underscore Magikarp. But anyway, let's Hashtag go ahead. Plug. Talk about the Astral Radiance format. So it seems like Palkia, unlike what Grant and Alex and I had said on the preview podcast, is a deck to actually watch out for on like that whole other level of like, it's looking like it's Arceus and Mute here. Zach, I know you've played a lot of Palkia in preparation for Milwaukee, which at the time of recording is like 10 days away or something. I'm not going to do the math. Let's say 10, 10 days away. So, Sack, can you start us off? What are you thinking about Palkia? It's really good. <laughs> it's like Suicune, but it can hit numbers without Ludicolo uh, in this V-Star meta. And it's also like really versatile in the amount of things you can do, switching between single prizers. Um, I can tell Leon, Greninja, Palkia, like V-Star, and you can also, like, if you want to add in Starmie you can, or Empoleon or any other, like, attackers like that, it's really versatile in how you can build it. So, like, I think Palkia is just, like, really good going forward. Nikhil, have you gotten to play any Palkia or see anyone play Palkia? I play with proxies because I'm broke and can't afford it either on PDCGO or IRL. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to justify paying for the physical cards more right now, though. Um, but... I agree with Zach. The deck is insane, and it's definitely, like, a more efficient Suicune. Because um, Suicune, like, you kind of lose a Suicune, and you're like, okay, well, I got a Melanie again every turn. Uh, Palkia doesn't have to do that. Palkia can either use Starmie for a turn, or, you know, as the V-Star power, like, Palkia just is way more efficient, way more effective, I think, than Suicune was. Um, and it's, like, definitely a deck you, you have to be ready for going into Milwaukee. There's no way you can't test against it and do well there, I think. Yeah, Palkia has been a pleasant surprise to me, and I think part of the reason why is it seemed like just better Suicune. And kind of like Sack said, though, the better part of it than Suicune is actually really relevant. Like, the not needing Ludicolo makes up for the fact that you need to evolve into a stage one. And the not needing Melanie because of your ability is also pretty massive, too. And then, of course, it's got the Suicune part of, 
Iken evolve, you know, uh, Raihan into the Shady Dealings Inteleon, or I can use my V-Star into the Greninja or anything like that. And it's actually a pretty scary deck. I still put it behind Mew and Arceus personally, but Palkia is definitely a force to be reckoned with and something that I don't think we we're really going to get to, but like, it's hard to tech against. It seems like, oh, yo, you just put a lightning and a Raikou in your deck. But then, okay, cool. Your two-prizer KOs my two-prizer, and then I KO your two-prizer. And guess who's probably going to win that prize trade? Because you're not going to have three Raikus in your deck, right? You're not going to Oko me three times. And then there's the Baby Zero Aura that I'm a big fan of in the Baby Moltres deck, but you need the Choice Belt and the Raihan, and you know, not the easiest thing in the world to pull off. So it's hard to counter, it hits hard, it has so many options. It's actually a fairly scary deck, for sure. It also has the 280 HP on a 2 prizer scariness that Arceus did. I remember when that card came out, uh, we were talking about like how absurd Arceus was. It's like, okay, well, it's 200 HP, 280 HP, it's computer search for two cards once a game, and then it's like, hey, let me set up all my other V-dudes. So like... Palkia definitely isn't, I think, the same caliber that Arceus was in terms of just like a raw card, but Palkia like is still an insane card. I mean, the V Star power is really strong. The attack, like everything, we just yeah, it's crazy. I think moving forward too, there's like so many different lists, and I'm really excited to see what comes out of Milwaukee because we've seen lately cross switchers have been becoming a thing. I don't know if like Mahone or Azul or anyone put out a YouTube video featuring cross switcher Palkia, but that's actually kind of gross like any melanie deck that plays cross switcher is terrifying to play against <laughs> especially when they have the ninja to snipe the 90 90 they're like all right cool i'm gonna cross switcher ko the mana fee and then like all right what are you gonna do now punk sack do you have any ways you've been enjoying <laughs> playing the list um i'm like a fan of the quick ball the luminion and go find a rita turn one with battle pass i'm a fan of that I'm um, not really a fan of the extra attackers like Starmie. I saw like Mahone today was playing the the Empoleon for the Miltank and the Regis. Like I'm not really a fan of that. Like I think if you manage your resources and like just game plan well enough, that you can just get there with a the single prize just to beat those decks. And therefore, like you don't need the extra stuff. Just go straight like Palkia, uh, two, probably two Shady Dealings and Teleons, and Greninja, and you'll be fine to navigate anything, really. Like, you, you hit numbers really well. Like, any Sobble deck or any, like, EV deck or any, like, they're trying to go into Jolteon or, like, Barrel. you can just go turn two Greninja, snipe 90 to two of them, and then they don't have a setup. Or if they, like, go over bench and they're like, all right, well, I have to get multiple people down plus Manaphy. Well, then you go, like, boss KO um, the Arceus or their attacker with uh, Palkia because it's just so good with the ability. Like, if they over bench to try to get around Greninja, then you KO. If they, like, don't, um, then, well, Greninja just KOs their little things that can never get set up. So I'm a fan. Just keep it, like, simple, straightforward, Italian engine so far. And... Just go with that. So if you're running the Iridia in the Battle VIP pass, are you choosing to go second, or is that just like a nice little thing if your opponent actually wins a coin flip? I think it's just a nice little thing if the opponent wins a coin flip. But like going first is so good still. You get that turn two boss KO that everyone's looking for in this format. So Sack, because again, I know you're super hype on it, and you were hype even you know testing before yeah. the format started. Where would you place it in comparison to Mew and Arceus? I'm not really, like, I haven't played Mew too much. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't think Mew changes that much, though, right? 
No, it gets like grants. I don't think you play Mew with trekking boots, but like if you get a card from Astral Radiance, it's like grant or trekking boots. Um, but like Mew, like you can only bench like uh, one Genesect or one Mew before they start boss KOing things. Like they might not ever KO a Mew VMAX. They'll just go boss KO every turn. They have 280 HP on every attacker. And if you try to set up and like, there's like a point of no return, right? You're like, all right, bench Genesect, bench Mews. Um, They'll just go boss KO every turn. It just feels bad. So I think it can like handle Mew pretty all right. Plus you get like the Roxanne Path turn if you want, uh, cause you're playing Inteleon. Um, and then like Arceus, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Cause like, if you want to play it with Italian, like in the Italian engine so good, you get the whole, like, all right, are you going to bench two Sobbles? Well, then I'm going to snipe both Sobbles with Greninja. And if you also bench two Sobbles and a Manaphy, then I'm going to go boss KO Arceus and you won't have an Arceus, uh, which is like, feels so good. So I think it can like, compete. Uh, assuming you can draw cards. I think that's like the downside to Palkia is that if you play it with Iridia and stuff like that, then you might not see enough cards to do what you want turn to turn. Are you going to run Beaver to play around a pony? It's Roxanne, right? Yeah. Okay, so. cool. Chat yelled at me earlier for not knowing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike Gibbs came out with the list. I think that was his name from the Full Grip tournament mm -hmm. that played the Aridia um, with the Battle Pass and the Lumineon and Fish. He played like, two Battle Pass, but he also played like a 1 1 Babero line to play around the Roxanne play, which like if you have it in the deck, I think you could just go for it. So like all right, a one one of a barrel. Um I think like most lists might see that like nowadays because of Roxanne just so good. Roxanne to two um can set you back. So why not just play like a one one of a barrel? And then if people are trying to play like the baby Jolteon, it also plays around that. Like uh, I played the Iridia to go find my tool scrapper and I'll play the Barrel to actually like see cards. So like I'm not worried about baby Jolteon either. Yeah, I think the baby Jolteon is such a mediocre, not a like bad counter, because obviously you can just brick your opponent, but like it's such a mediocre counter against Palkia specifically because Greninja exists. So if they go first, or you don't get the Eevee turn one going first, that thing's going to die probably. And they play at least one, potentially a couple Iridias that can go get the tool scrapper that then turn Shady Dealings back online. And uh, spoken from my Vancouver experience, if your opponent is able to search out that tool scrapper ever, suddenly the matchup becomes miserable for the Jolteon deck because you're just kind of a bad deck at that point, even with the broken Gyarados or whatever you're going to run it with. Dead card on your field. Exactly. Well, you need so much to get it set up turn one. Like, all right, turn one going first. You got to find your attacker. You got to find a second attacker in case that one gets boss KO turn two. Now you have to find your Eevee, and then you have to find Manaphy. Like, yeah, <laughs> like all those things turn one, you get like one research and like, like a couple ball search cards to go find them. And like, all right, you find Manaphy. Well, did you find a Badoof? Did you find a Sobble? Like, what else are you playing? Like, you can't get all those cards. Also, if you're playing Jolteon, then you're probably not playing Manaphy. So, like, Greninja can just come out of nowhere. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, hopefully they prized it. Maybe like they can't get to Greninja and we play heavy ball now. Like heavy ball exists. You can just go find any basic Pokemon that you prize like Greninja. And like, that is ridiculous. How uh, accessible Greninja is turn two. Yeah. On that note of like heavy ball, especially the Roxanne comment, um, specifically with the release of Astral Radiance, two big things that like we haven't really had for a while now in the format consistently is prize manipulation and like actual hand disruption. Marnie is not like hand disruption because it's very easy to rotom phone like a stadium to the top with Mew when you get Marnie pathed. 
Um, Roxanne the two path is very scary. It's very real. Um, that's something we haven't really had for a while now. And then with the new heavy ball card, um, we haven't had like an actual way besides like Peonia um, to like kind of manipulate. But like Peonia is a supportive return, and like really only Urshifu could kind of go that slowly. Um, so like we haven't had like true prize manipulation like this heavy ball we now have. Um, and that's like two big factors that players I think have to adjust to going to Milwaukee is like. Um, you can't just like be like, okay, I hope they prize the Radiant Greninja because it's like, all right, let me heavy ball for the Radiant Greninja, you know? Um, and then I hope my hand stakes will know because you get the Roxanne to two, which is just like very painful. So going off of Melanie decks, Ice Rider, because there's been some like in between of like, okay, what if I run Palkia and Ice Rider? What if I run Ice Rider and Palkia? So let's kind of go with the middle ground of. Are you a fan of straight Palkia? Are you a fan of straight Ice Rider? Or do you like any sort of mixture, whether it's heavy Ice Rider with a Palkia or heavy Palkia with an Ice Rider? Have you put any time into any of these? Because I haven't put any time into the hybrids. I put time into the individual variants, but not the like mixture ones. So I don't know if either of you have touched either of these. The, the Ice Rider, I think it got second at the full grip event. Um mm -hmm. I I I think it had like just a one one Palkia, and I think that was really cool. I think it was a really cool idea, because um, again, as like we said before, um, Melanie decks struggle a lot because their draw supporter is basically like a hop. It's a draw three card. Um, like that's the same thing that happened with Welder, right? Like Welder decks were so painful because you're drawing at best three cards off your only supporter. So Bro, like, nine temptations. Right, like, like, I mean, you had things, but, like, you, you kind of had to stretch for it, and, like, finding that welder could really make or break your turns, and that's kind of, like, what Melanie felt like until now, because now you have this Paul kid, it's like, all right, I miss my Melanie, cool, let me just smack some energy on this board, right? Um, I definitely think that the Ice Rider plus, like, the 1-1 one, one Paul Kia is really nifty. I think it's, like, definitely something to consider for the event. I don't know if it's the same caliber as straight Paul Kia. Um, purely because a three-prizer is, like, a little scary in a two-prizer format, because um, that's, like, really where we are now, is, like, we're at a pretty much a two-prizer with a couple three-prizer formats. Um, and so it's... I, I don't know how much I'm a huge fan of just, like, right, let me throw a three-prizer in the active. Like, you can kind of offset it, but it's not super easy to consistently offset that prize trade. Ice Rider's so nice because, like, the, why I would consider it, like, over just, like, straight pound, yeah? is that it has a high HP that people aren't trying to get to anymore. Like, even if you do, uh, like, two-shot it, like, if RC is two-shot it, um, tries to two-shot it, then Palkia is usually okoing them in return. So the price trade is, like, four to three. Like, all right, you have to two-shot my Ice Rider while I oko your Arceus or oko your Palkia or your Darkrai or any of the V-Star that you're playing because, like, what, cap at 280 right now? And, like, Ice Rider KOs everybody. And, like, as long as you get, like, the consistency to get set up, like, it still would be pretty good. And since, like, VMAXs aren't really existing in today's world and people are trying to two-shot everything anyways, then why not just make it a three-prizer that can OCO something? Um, just win the prize trade that way. So it was, like, really good. I saw that Lee did well in Vancouver with it. Uh, it's been topping some of these online tournaments that we've seen. It did well at Full Grip. Um, but I just, like, would struggle with getting it set up. Because mm -hmm. if you miss that turn one Ice Rider or turn one, like, two Ice Riders, and they go, like, all right, well, I went second, and I got boss KO'd on my Ice Rider, well, then you just kind of fall behind. And you have to, like, rely on the Melanie every turn if you want to hit that 250. 
which is kind of hard to deal with. But I guess if you do get the one-one pound kill, but that's like another piece of the puzzle you got to set up. So I see the merit in it where you can just Oko the V-Stars that everyone's playing nowadays and you can prize trade pretty favorably, but you still have to get set up. And if you can't get set up, I don't think it's worth playing. Ice Rider is one of the decks where the problem is exactly what you said. If you gave me a list that got the turn one Ice Rider V 100% of the time and won the coin flip 100% of the time, I would play that to every regional. I would play that thing to worlds. That deck yeah. is terrifying if you go totally. second against it and they get the turn one Ice Rider and like a single Sobble down. You're just like, oh God, what am I going to do? Because like everything except Mew is going to get O-code by that thing and you cannot respond to it very well. But if you miss the turn one Ice Rider or you go second against something and KO your Ice Rider and you don't get two of them down or, you know, you just don't get a good board set up, then like you're in a terrible position and the deck just feels so bad in those games. Yeah, it's awful. Like how bad it feels once you like in that position, you're like, I have no, there's no coming back from this. I have 210 HP and everything KOs that. And I don't play many draw supporters because most of my consistency in the deck is Melanie instead of like, okay, I can't just dig and attach, you know, that's, that's one of the right. worst parts. Other decks can come back Arceus. I can miss the turn one Arceus and do okay. Cause I can turn to Trinity Nova or, you know, I can just like do other stuff. Ice Rider is like, okay, I'm going to, uh, Melanie on turn two to my Ice Rider and hope you don't boss KO it. Cause I can't draw more cards to get more set up. And it's a big feels bad. So if I were going to go to Milwaukee, I think, I don't know if either of you want to disagree with this. I would play Ice Rider if, A, I'd play the deck a lot. Like, Lee did well in Vancouver with it, because Lee is literally just an Ice Rider at this point. So, for the <laughs> most part, he can play that deck anywhere, anytime, and it will draw hot for him. Or, you expect a lot of Arceus. If you're like, I think people are going to play Arceus in Milwaukee, yeah, bring your Ice Rider. I think that's a solid, solid, solid move. Are there any other matchups where you're like, this is the metagame for Ice Rider? No, just like V-Star heavy format. Like there's so many V-Stars out nowadays um, that people want to try all the new V-Stars. Like the Decidueye is a V-Star, uh, Darkrai is another one, and like Palkia. They all just came out. People want to try them. People think they're good. They're ready for a new format. We've been in this format for three months now. We've had so many regionals. They just want to see new things. And there's not too many V-Maxes to try that are new. So I think uh, Palkia could be really good uh, if that's what people want to play. Yeah, I think yeah, I don't think there's like anything else to like if you're like expecting like very heavy Arceus and like Palkia format, then like Ice Rider like could be definitely consideration. Um, but Melo said it for sure. Um, I definitely think it's one of those decks you want a lot of practice in and you want to know how to route yourself because it's not the games where you have a good situation you want to know, it's the ones where you have like a pretty dire opening situation because it's not like Arceus where you can all right, let me let me just like Trinity charge or whatever turn to, right? It's like you gotta you gotta definitely have to know how you route that that awkward turn, so um, I agree with that point. Like, yeah, definitely like know what you're doing with the Ice Rider. Don't just kind of like play it online a little bit here and there. Speaking of Arceus and new stuff, we've seen Arceus fall from grace in online tournaments as well as the full group tournament. Is this real? Is Arceus suddenly no longer the best V-Star? Or is this people saying, I want to play the shiny new stuff and I can come back to Arceus later because I already know how to play it? Yeah, Arceus hasn't changed. I think people just want to try the new stuff. <laughs> I, I don't see I don't see a reason for it to not still be a top tier V Star. Um I still think it's the best V Star card we've gotten. I don't 
I can't think of one that's actually just like a better card than Arceus is. Um, and like, it's definitely fallen from Grace for sure. Like, it's definitely not at the peak of cat like power it was last format, right? Because uh, there's definitely like a point in last format where it was like, all right, well, we're done with these other funny decks. Arceus is the best deck. Um, like, and so seeing like the the Sinchino like Jolteon engine being like very popularized is like. I think people's way of trying to make Arceus kind of shiny and new, but um, I believe I honestly believe that it's definitely going to be like top two decks again for any IC one. Like after Milwaukee, like I think that's how it's going to be. I've seen a lot of people yeah. not teching against Arceus in their lists, and like some decks can beat it just by existing, like Ice Rider, which we just talked about. But other decks are like they've got to actually actively plan for the Arceus matchup, and they're just not respecting it right now. And I have a strong feeling that Milwaukee is going to take advantage of that. Like some good testing group is going to just look at these lists and be like, all right, this is the way we beat Palkia. This is the way we beat Mew. They're not respecting us. So it's probably not actually that hard to figure out those matchups. Like my current number two list, if I were going to Milwaukee that I'd be testing and I played on stream the other day is the Arceus B-Barrel with Crobat and Flying Pikachu. And it sounds like such a meme. But actually, it's felt so good. So you still have Arceus Big Charm plus Sharon's Care and Path of the Peak for the Mew matchup. But you also have the Crobat to Oko. You don't really want to see Mew at that list, but like it's fine, especially if the bad players are playing Mew, which is totally possible. The Flying Pikachu feasts on those freaking Palkias. Also feasts on Regis, and that's super cool. You love beating the Regis. It's also just kind of a big old thing that you shove in the active spot. And I think... There's just so many decks out there that aren't ready for, all right, here's my Arceus. And then, okay, I've got Hit and Run with Crobat. Okay, I've also got this big Pika. You know, so I think Arceus just feels so good still. Like Palkia's Starbirth, or not Starbirth, but a V-Star ability is cool, right? You're like, haha, I powered up my Greninja. Arceus is like, okay, I do literally anything I want. Your go, boss. Yeah. I saw like talks of people like saying, "Oh, surfing Pikachu, you get all like the water energies and stuff like that." But now, just play flying Pikachu; it's just flat better. Like, all you need is like one lightning energy. You can still use turbo energy, which is nice, and you have free retreat, which I think is like highly underrated for inner card right now. Is having free retreat to get into Arceus, especially on your Pokemon that you can't scoop them yet. So, if I was like going to pair Arceus with anything, it'd be like Arceus and Talion or Arceus with like flying Pikachu. And like Arceus and Talion, all you got to do is like put in a Zero War and you can handle the Palkia matchup pretty easily or uh, easily, but like uh, pretty well as an Arceus deck would do. And then, but like Flying Pikachu is just like the way to go. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think it was Azul that made this point the other day. He said, like, it's very evident too. Um, not a lot can like really, like, Arceus is kind of weird to like actively tech for because. The text that Arceus puts in for other matchups weirdly help it in its mirror matches. Um, so, like, when Arceus texts for Mew with Path, that also helps the Arceus mirror. Or, yeah, the Arceus mirror. Um, other cards that I think that people are, like, severely, like, forgetting Arceus can play. Um, I know there's, like, the Jolteon, but um, Pumpkaboo is huge because Pumpkaboo lets you bump the Path if they Jolteon you and then Path you. So you bump the Path. You get to Arceus, and then you get your Scrapper, and you're like you're just golden. Um, but yeah, like Arceus is super fluid; it has tons of options. The Flying Pikachu is super cool. I think it's like super fun how that's like seeing use now. Um, 
Yeah, the free retreat is super underrated. There's so many times, like, opening Hoopa was, like, one of the worst things you could open, I feel like. It's so painful. It was so painful. It was so bad to open the... So bad to open. Because <laughs> you don't want to put an air balloon on it, because, like, against um against Mew with it, you had to choice belt it if they put the Orcorio down. And then you don't want to... And then you also have the Cape of Toughness, which you, like, we had, and we wanted to put on the... The Hoopa. So putting an air balloon on that thing, that I was not a fan of that. Wait, doesn't yeah. it hit one seventy? It's like yeah, it, yeah. But if they weren't Warrior, it's one fifty. No, it's after. It's after. So it's for oh, it's after. Okay, that's yeah. stupid. Bro, that's why we don't invite you on. Here. Learn your math. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want to charm it in that matchup for sure? That's Bro, I thing. didn't hit a Mew. I didn't hit a single Mew in Indiana. That's why I don't know how the interaction works because I hit <laughs> zero. Yeah. Good, it's good, still dude. like one more card that you gotta go get though. Like mm-hmm. the air balloon right, or the switch to get out of the which feels so bad. Also, and you don't have that for later. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hit me if you only play seven rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still such a fan of Arceus though. I think, I mean, people listen to this podcast. If you're looking at the online meta, I think that's going to change a bit as people actually start to care and they shininess wears off and people start to tech for Palkia. There will be more Arceus. It's not going to be as dominant as last format, but I mean, very few decks are, are as dominant as Arceus was last format. But I think people are going to finally be like, okay, these are the techs I need to play for these matchups. People aren't teching for me, so I can take out, you know, my Dunsparce. I wouldn't recommend that, but you know, if you look at the online meta, you, you kind of can. So there's a world where you make that hard read and you say, I can take this out now. And suddenly your deck becomes that much better because you have one less bad starter and you just, have an extra spot and that deck wants as many spots as possible because of how insanely good Starbirth is. Yeah, for sure. Mew V Max. I think I have to start with uh Azulana 1K with it and tweet it out. Trekking shoes are broken or not, I don't know. So Bro, that guy <laughs> cannot stop going back to Mew. It is actually insane how much Mew that guy continues to play. For what it's worth, Mew is a very fun deck. And I think that's one of the reasons why we said people aren't playing Arceus, but they are still playing Mew. Arceus, it's not bad, but it's not anywhere near as fun as like Mew is. And it's not new. That's what Mew is like. Yeah. You just go and it's so much fun. You don't look back. It's my turn longer than it is your turn. And I get to play so many more cards than you do. And I got new tools to work with now. Like, that allows me to see more cards. Of course, I'm going to continue to play that deck. There's so many cards I could use. So I think the question is, going into Wisconsin, now, like I said, we have a week and a half, but going into Wisconsin, are you teching for Mew? Yes. I'm not teching anything more than I'm already playing. Yeah, I'm not over-teching any more than I was. I guess like, there's like a few cards that I'm going to play in whatever deck I choose to play. And it's going to be Roxanne. It's going to be Path. It's going to be Avery. It's going to be Heavy Ball. And three of those cards work against Mew. <laughs> You're like, Avery, that works. Roxanne Path works. All those cards. And then like Heavy Ball is just very good. So it just goes in every deck. But I'm going to play like those, those four cards. And three of those just beat Mew on its own. So whatever deck I'm playing is just going to have text or outs to Mew. Also, Avery definitely beats the Reggie matchup. Like that just... Yep. There's not, not much they can do when you Avery them. Yeah, but Avery plus Reggie. Take a KO is re- yeah. Reggie's it's so fun to play Reggie, but the deck is awful. It's, it's not. Good. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like I think it'll at best fall into B tier, but we'll get to that later. Like, <laughs> at best, yeah. But yeah, like I'm not I'm not playing anything more than I would have. 
um, from you. Like I think, um, I think it's still a deck you got to respect. It, there's no, it's not like it's not fallen off. It's not gotten worse. Um, it's just with all the shiny new stuff, it's kind of you start like, okay, well, we're in a V star form. No, nah, no, there's still Mew. Uh, we're still we're still playing ten minute turns here. Um, I can't remember the name. Is it like Silent or something? The new supporter card. Silent. <laughs> Whatever that thing. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. I, I've been seeing it pop up in Mew list. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's interesting. Um, but trekking shoes seems like like kind of an I, I'm kind of shocked it's not like being seen like more obviously in Mew it's kind of like a Mew a very Mew centric card like if Acrobike was printed or Trainer's Mail was printed I definitely see Mew playing like four of those um, because they're just such good turbo cards and so like I have I'm very shocked that tracking cards or tracking shoes is like kind of hit or miss with some Mew players like I love it in Mew so I think the thing about Trekking Shoes is early game, it's not actually that good of a turbo card compared to like so many other choices. Now, Zach just said, I'm going to play Roxanne Path in order to beat Mew. That's where Trekking Shoes are good. If you can hold as many of those as possible to play around the Roxanne Path, you're probably good. But like early game, there's just like so much more good cards. So you're like, well, I don't want to cut into my Rotom phones because you can Rotom phone Genesect for one boom battle VIP pass you're good to go right or you can be like okay Cramomatic Cramomatic is a then the hand slash 50% of the time it's absolutely broken this is like where does the trekking shoe fit in the right. deck I think is where a lot of people are struggling with because you just want to go consistent turn one and I don't know I haven't decided yet if trekking shoes helps or not it's one of those cards that like it seems like it helps but also it feels like you have to take out other cards that help too. And that just feels worse so many times. There's so many helpful cards right now from you. It's, it's kind of like Acrobike was. Like Acrobike was almost like a, a filler just to simply help you see more cards. But I think Acrobike was a little more efficient because you got to see the second card um, for that like early turn, like trying to dig heavy for something. Because um, Trekking Shoes, you don't get to see the second card. So it's like, well, this top card's a Rotom Phone. I kind of want it, but I also need to get the VIP pass. But like, if I whiff off the road, like, right, you start making that debate in your mind, mm-hmm. um, which is where I think the that is like a relevant difference in trekking shoes and acrobike um, is that you can see the second card with acrobike, you can't see it with trekking shoes. Yeah, That's I like the opposite thought of that. Like, you have acrobike, you see both, where you have to discard one. Like with trekking shoes, you can like Mew is you only get sixty cards, right? So you like put all your resources into the deck like well you could save resources with trekking shoes if the top card's bad discard it but if it's good well thankfully like who you don't have to guarantee discard one there's so many good cards of me right and like it could just be a 56 card deck just by judge whistle like that, i think i like that part trekking shoes is that it could just be a judge whistle if you want it to be you don't have to discard the second card which could be like two fusion trek energies or your other mew or your boss or what have you so many good cards in Mew, it's like, I like the option of not having to discard one. Yeah, we're at that point in the format where like, and there's this argument on Twitter, and we're not going to get into that stuff because people say all kinds of stupid stuff on Twitter all the time. But like the idea of, wow, a 56 or 52 card deck is absolutely broken. But the amount of tutoring and the amount of draw in Pokemon, that's not like entirely true most of the time, but especially right before rotation. We have such a big card pool right now. It's like, yeah, 52 card deck sounds good. You know, sounds better. Just playing more good cards. 
So it's yeah. like some decks, yes, you just want to vomit everything. And, you know, control was like that for a while, right? Where you're just like, okay, I just want to get the Pidgeotto chip chip loop. You just want to draw as much as you can. We've seen people play like one or two judge whistles because they're just like, there's nothing better than just playing less cards here. But a deck like Mew that has to actually win the game, I'm not sold on that being true. I could be wrong for sure. But like, it just seems like there's just so many good cards and you have to actually win the game. You can't just win by getting the turn one Elisa Sparkle. I mean, sometimes you can. Unfortunately. Very sadly. All right, so we have Mew, Arceus, Palkia. Let's very quickly, you know, we're a week away. So there's still time for the meta to change. But between the three, in which order would you put Mew, any Arceus variant in your heart desires, and Palkia? In I'll go. How good they'll be? Or yeah, in, in, in order of strength. So I'll, I'll start because I did do put a YouTube video with this and I put enough thought into this that i feel confident saying my opinion i think mew is still the best deck in the format if you do not have an answer to mew it will run over your face and i know there's other people who've been like oh is this the mythical tournament where all the good players play mew and that's irrelevant i think i mean it's like terrifying i'd much rather sit against i don't know some random new this is my first tournament ever playing mew than sit across from azul playing Mew, right but like it's more do people have their techs because if Mew faces hate nine rounds in a row, it's in a bad spot. If people don't play their hate, I think Mew runs over everything. If no deck could play a single tech card, Mew would win every single tournament. So I think Mew is still the BDIF. Arceus is my number two, just because Starbirth is disgustingly good and is super consistent. And then Palkia would be my number three. And it's actually the number three deck, not just the worst of the three. Palkia is very good as well. Zach, what about you? How do you rank the three? Um, I think I agree with Arceus being number two, but I would probably switch Palkia and Mew. Um, and here's why. Because, <laughs> like, Palkia, I think going into Milwaukee, it's, like, so many people are going to play Palkia. People like the card. People like the deck. It's a lot of fun. You can do a lot of things. So, if I'm going to, like, for Milwaukee, I think Palkia is going to be the play. It'll get you to day two. It'll get you a finish, whatever. I think Mew is going to be, like, the backup plan and just being, well, this is an unknown format. Like we talked about going into like podcast episodes ago, right? Going into Salt Lake City, right? This is like an untested format. We don't know what's going on. What are you doing for your first regionals back, right? We'll just play consistency. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the meta right now. I'll just play consistency. And like, that's Mew. Like, we saw like Azul won the like the 1K and Grant won the full grip. Well, that's because. Like, I'm going to assume that they didn't know, like, well, should I play Palkia if I want to be good? Or is it going to get hard countered? Or should I play, like, Arceus? But it's kind of like, who knows if, like, Roxanne's going to work or not? Well, you just, like, fall back to Mew because it's just so consistency. But, like, going to Milwaukee, I'm not going to be too worried about Mew. Like, it's still very good, but, like, I don't know. I think you can just play better and beat Mew. Nikhil, what are your thoughts? I definitely agree Mew is number one in my mind. Um, I still think it's the strongest deck. It doesn't, like, there's not enough that came out that really, like, the Roxanne path combo is scary, but Mew is still strong enough to the point where um, I think it can get past that. And also, people, I really don't think more than one Roxanne is a smart decision. Roxanne is a dead card for three prize cards, essentially, of the game. Um, so you're going to draw into that, and you're going to be like, well, this card's useless. Fun fact about useless cards, they're very easy ultra ball, ultra ball fodder right now. Um, 
so I definitely think Mew is still the number one deck. Um, and I think Palkia is the number two deck. I think the shininess is still like going to be hot on people for Milwaukee. They haven't really had like a regionals to play this at, and that's usually like what happens in my mind is the shiny new deck. Um, especially at this level of popularity and hype and power, we'll see a lot of play at that event. So I d- and it's definitely still strong because, um, as we said, Arceus is definitely very strong and it definitely takes a good testing group to crack it. But I don't think it's cracked to the point where like enough people, including like you know mid tier lower level players, have like gotten on board with how good like Arceus can be. Um, so I don't. I'm not saying I disrespect Arceus. It's not the worst deck. It's number three for a very valid reason that it's like above anything else in the format still in my mind. Other than Mew and Balkia. So there's some other decks in the format besides the big three. And we also talked about Ice Rider, right? The most important, the new hotness, the one that everyone wants. There was like a good week long span where you couldn't tune into a single Twitch stream or see a recommended YouTube channel without seeing this deck. This is the absolutely broken deck that if you don't tech against it it's bdif and of course i am 100 sarcastic there if you've watched my twitch stream you know i hate this deck and i've literally never played a game of it so take what i say with a grain of salt but we're talking about reggie's the reggie gigas at all deck i do respect it in the fact that uh flying pikachu <laughs> is in my current number two choice for milwaukee but uh is reggie's a real real deck as in it's actually super powerful or is it just a good deck that it happens to be super fun? I don't know if either of you have initial thoughts on that one because I'm a Reggie hater. I should probably talk as little as possible about Reggie's on this. I would not be surprised if I saw it. I have a tournament this weekend, a local 1K that I'll be commentating over. I would not be surprised if I saw Reggie there. And then in Milwaukee, I would not be surprised if I saw Reggie there. And in NAIC, I would not be surprised if I saw Reggie there. Agreed. But I would be surprised if I saw it past round five. But if you're at the I'll, bottom, I'll round, yeah, I would not be surprised if I saw it past round five. <laughs> yeah. because I'm going to be like X and three. <laughs> yeah, the first three rounds, I'll see a Reggie. Yeah, first three, four rounds yeah. for sure. Like, that deck is so much fun to play. You're like, all right, well... Turn one, I got all six Regis out. They're all different Pokemon. They're all different types. And then also, I got the Regigigas Energy Excel. You know, what's gonna what what beats me? Nothing. And you get that like maybe half the games that you play. And like the other half the games, you're like, well, I haven't seen my heavy ball in a while. So this sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you keep bossing the same Reggie over and over again. You're like, this is awful. Um, so like it's cool <laughs> at the same time. I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah, it definitely feels like... I'm trying to think of something that it's like the same kind of one-prizer, really fun-seeming, but not like winning deck. Oh, I can't think of something off the top of my head that it's similar to, I but like... I think I would actually say it's very Rapid Strike Malamar-esque in that yeah. it has a lot of power, and I don't think I'd be shocked to see one top... Well, there's only like four regionals total in this format like one in australia one in latam one here and one in europe i think but we're gonna i don't think it'd be yeah. shocking to see it top a regional but i think it's one of those decks that once you figure out how to play against it maybe you have some cute decks that are also good in other stuff it's just like well okay that's definitely a deck like 
Arceus is now playing a collapse stadium, and Sack said it. Um, Avery is severely like underlooked at. I still think in this format, um, both of those cards. If you collapse stadium a Reggie deck, bro, they're done. They're done. What are they doing? How how are you beating that? If you Avery a Reggie deck and then kill the, what are they doing? They got to get three new po. No chance. So like, the Reggie deck isn't bad. I don't think it's like, it's not like one of those like one prizer decks that like seems fun, right? And then it's just awful. I think the Reggie deck has power. It's just like. Like, you're playing six different Pokemon, my guy. Like, there's no way that, like, you're actively drawing through that. So I'm going to see it, like, round six of NAIC saying this, because I'm going to be, like, <laughs> two and four, all right, at this point. Um, But I do believe that the Reggie deck is not something that I'm, like, scared of, because the text that you can put in for it, if it's really that big of a fear for you, they're not, un they're not like, useless against everything else. There's, like, very good reason to use them in, like, the Mew matchup or um, RC's Mirror to bump that path, you know. Avery um, against Palkia is kind of nice, too. Right, like, there's situations where those two tech cards become, like, viable in other matchups, so it's like, I wouldn't hate seeing, you know, seeing a Reggie with my tech cards in my deck. For sure. There's also like so many other cards in the format that just exist as like tech cards against well the top decks like Arceus and Mew, like Temple of Sinnoh which just got released in the Asher Radiant set, and shut off special energies. You ever try to play Regigigas with like two <laughs> cards in hand and then they go Temple and you're like, well I can't I can't capture energy I can't speed energy I can't lucky energy if you're doing that I can't Aurora energy if I'm playing that card. Nothing. You literally so, have to attack with. Reggie Gigas, right? Like that's the only thing that those energies vile like will do anything for. Yeah, we have to have an energy on it too. Right, like, it, going it, into your turn, you have to have an energy on Reggie Gigas because you can't twin. I mean, right. you're hitting for 150 on like a Palkia, right? Because that would be the deck that's got a Roxanne plus Sinnoh. You, yo, there's like, and like Mew also plays the Echoing Horn. So if you go like there ever turn, we're like, ah, oh, well, I whiffed my Regigigas, or like I didn't get all of them out because you keep bossing the same one over and over again. They can go Echoing Horn, and now they have two Regis out. Like I'm I, I the, oh my god, yeah, and now they can't Regigigas because they have two Regis. I mean, they do play um, net, but it's like forcing them to have the net is kind of gross. It's great. Like I played Mew to my locals this past week because I was like, well, I don't have any Astro Radiance cards put together yet. I'm just going to play my Mew deck. I just put all the cards back together, played Mew, and I hit Regigigas like round three. And I was like, okay, well, I, what do I do here? Like, I, like, I don't know. They're just going like, to Oko Mew with Regigigas. And then I like, just kept bossing the same uh, Reggie every turn. And then I echoing Torn, and they were like, I got nothing. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's definitely a deck that felt like it took everyone by surprise. No one knew what they were doing against it. Now that we're learning, it has lost a lot of its power. Still very good. It's definitely still like a deck. If you're sitting there listening to this and you're like, bro, I was going to bring Reggie to Wisconsin. That's not unviable. You can make day two with Reggie. You can potentially high roll into a top eight. That one feels a little more sketch because I think people are going to be very ready for it. And I think there are a lot of ways to play around it. And some decks that just naturally take good matchups. Temple of Sinnoh plus Roxanne, kind of very good against it. Uh, Arceus with Dunsparce and Sharon's Care, kind of very good against it. But there's a lot of other stuff that, you know, you can beat it, you can do well with it. But losing the shine off of it, it's definitely a deck you want to play against the best people you can to figure out how do they beat me and from there decide is this actually a deck i want to play or are people just learning how to play against it and is that actually annoying 
Yeah. I'm kind of bummed out that like it did really well in the beginning. Like someone was like, I'm going to play this. And then they did well. They got top eight at full grip and all these online tournaments that Regigigas is doing well. Because if no one did well these first two weeks, it would have just blown up at Milwaukee. Like someone would have discovered they would be like, all right, we got to keep this one under wraps, right? And then we all would have just been just blown away by this Regigigas deck that came out of nowhere from Milwaukee. But since we know about it, nah, it's like game over for that deck. Almost the same as the Mill Tank deck. Yeah. Well, Yo, what a transition. There's so many outs to Mill Tank. <laughs> I knew Mello was going there next, too. Yeah, yeah that was going to be my question, though. If you're going and Sack, you're going, Eevee, you're only doing NAIC, right? Okay. And your boys' season is done, but as a content creator, I got to prepare. Plus, I just like competitive Pokemon. It's so fun pretending to prepare for regionals. I. I don't know. Anyone who's listening to this, highly recommend. Even if you're taking the season off, you're not going to any more regionals, whatever, prepare for every single regional like you would be if you were going. Have a 60-card deck list by whatever date you usually plan by, and then see if it would have been a good meta call or not. It is, it is a lot more fun as a spectator sport doing that. But anyway, Miltank. If you're going to Milwaukee, as of right now, this might change by next week, but if you're going to Milwaukee... Are you bringing outs for the cow? Zach, do you want to leak? Are you bringing outs to the cow? Yes. No. Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> or are you playing a deck that naturally has outs, I guess? That counts, too. Yeah, Aqua Bullet's pretty good. So is Tool Scrapper. Right? Like, True. I will just play those cards in my Palkia deck, so like, they'll just be, like, natural outs. I might play Canceling Cologne, too, just for, like, other reasons. Um, Yo, shout but, out to canceling Boss Manaphy, canceling Cologne Greninja. Oh, I just leaked the way to beat my number one choice for Milwaukee, but <laughs> it's so good, right? But like, we'll keep that under wraps. We'll talk. No one, no one leaked that. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> but, no, no one listens to the pod. We're good, right? You remember that graph that got released every time Decisioi comes out and wins a regional or top eight's a regional? It's it's like a, just a sine wave, right? Yeah, it just goes like this. Like, all right, the height of Decidueye is up here, and then the techs are down here for Decidueye. And then it goes like, all right, well, people have tech for Decidueye, right? And then the amount of people playing Decidueye is down here, right? So it just goes like this. It's just a graph that's continuous. Mm -hmm. That's Miltank now. And I'm going to assume that since people are playing Miltank, that other people will just tech for Miltank. Like, I'm not going to tech for Miltank. I'm just going to let all those people do it for me. And then I won't see Miltank. However, the one difference between like the Sidewide Meltank is that it's so splashable. Mm -hmm. Is the word that I saw used on Twitter uh, when I was just scrolling through the threads. Like Meltank is a basic Pokemon. It's a normal type. It takes a turbo energy to attack. That's so good. That's how many people play turbo energy. Mew plays it. Arceus plays it. Palkia can play Raihan plus a patch. So many people can play just a singular Meltank or second Meltank and just like make people deal with your Meltank. Like that's why Meltank Blissey is so good. Like some people just have zero outs or they have an out and then Blissey takes care of it. Well, you can have an out to Meltank, but then I'm going to play something else that just takes care of it, like an Arceus or an Intellion. So like I think. Because it's so splashable, uh, people might play it more often, like in maybe just something besides Blissey Miltank, but I think people know about it, so I'm going to let other people play the tanks for Miltank, and then I'm going to just choose to play my deck. 
I saw that same thread. It was like what Chris P with like six P's or whatever on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when I read that I statement, that. I was like, wait, why don't I have this in that like flying Pikachu build? I've already got double turbo energies, right? And it gives me an actual win condition against them because my mill tank hits their mill tank, but then I can eventually just flying Pikachu them and deck them out, right? So it's like, but this is kind of sick because it forces your opponent to boss around you. They don't want to boss you sometimes. You're like, all right, here, deal with the stupid cow while I set up. So it can buy you extra turns that you normally wouldn't have. It's, I'm a big you fan of splashing it. it. Oh, you can Crobat? Oh, okay. Crobat I'm, into all right, we're putting Miltank in that deck for sure, bro. Crobat in a Miltank is... And then you so probably good. play Air Balloon. You probably play Scoop Up that, and you probably play Raihan. So it's so splashable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's the ba the fact that Meltank's also a basic. Like, I remember there was a while ago we were like talking about like trying to throw Altaria into something, and then we were just like, yeah, this thing sucks, bro. What the heck? It's a stage one. Like, who's trying to evolve? Meltank is like cool. Let me quick ball and then hit and run into this. It's like, then if you're bossing around the Meltank, you're not actually going through the Meltank. You're just going around it, and that can also lead to situations where you can't actually keep going around it right um there's eventually a time frame where a mill tank will stay in the active um and you cannot get through it and that is the scary situation that players forget about with walls um they will stay active eventually yeah you have to deal with it eventually like some at some point in this game unless you lose you're gonna have to deal with this mill tank the question is, can you? And once you deal with it, can I just easily respond to whatever you dealt with with that mill tank? Is it like an Italian? All right, cool, Trinity Nova, or like Flying Peak or something, or is it like, who knows, like a trophy like, or something? Just good luck. <laughs> mill tank is such a good way to slow the tempo of a game down um, into your favor because you like if your opponent has no outs to mill tank, like let's say they don't have like the Italian set up if they have it. It's like, all right, let me put the mill tank active. You either have to boss and change your game plan now, or you have to set up the Inteleon, which then slows the tempo back into my favor, right? And that's like a lot about what Pokemon is, is trying to keep the speed of the game towards you. Um, and that's something that mill tank definitely can like super, super help with, is that, all right, let me stick this active. Oh, well, I can't attack this. Let me like pass and attach to my Sobble. Or let me kill your Sobble, and now you got to set up a new one, bud. Yeah, I am yeah. teching for Miltank if I'm going. That thing is... It's, it's terrifying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those cards, if you just sit there and theory this, you're not going to come to the correct result. One of the biggest things that, when I first started, I got coaching, because I was like, bro, I got money, I'm just going to get good quick, right? And one of the things that my coach told me, shout out to Isaiah Williams, who doesn't actually play anymore, but is just one of the best control players in the game. He taught me to play every deck like a control deck. And every turn it was, what can I do that my opponent doesn't want me to do? What plays can I make to make my opponent as uncomfortable as possible? And shoving this stupid safeguard cow in the active spot is very often just like, well, my opponent doesn't want to boss this turn. They don't want to have to hit this mill tank. So here's a mill tank. Yeah. So don't lose to you that. Can, you can also share in the mill tank. Yeah. So you can just go in your Arceus deck. It's a good churn. Heck yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. it's like, oh, I'll do chip card. damage. Hey, bro, well, let me let me waterfall with my Intellion. No. <laughs> waterfall quick no. shooting. I got this. All right, this is no chance, bud. 90 damage. 
All right, cool. Jared, deal with it again. Yeah, so the TLDR is please tech for your mill tanks. Or bring your own mill tanks. Or do both. Or don't tech for mill tanks so that somebody can win Milwaukee with it. You're pointing to me, so thank you. Ooh, Sack's on this side for me, by the way. That's weird. <laughs> oh, it's a reverse for you. Right. Mellow's going to be at Milwaukee. What do you mean? Yeah, Mellow's going to be. It's just a surprise appearance from Mellow. And last thing is a very quick for me, the deck that everyone is completely ignoring. And uh, shout out to friend of the pod, Tord Reklev, for winning the SPE in somewhere. Milan. Milan, thank you. This past weekend with Rapid Strike Urshifu. Did you know, people listening to this, Rapid Strike Urshifu is still a very good deck. Just because everyone's playing Manaphy doesn't mean it's not good. So uh, if you're sitting there and you're like, boy, I really like this Rapid Strike Urshi deck, heck yeah, do it. I think Rapid Strike Urshi is very good, and someone, one of those big brain testing groups is going to come out with Rapid Strike Urshi and just blow everyone. So... That's that's just my last little bit. I'm not smart enough to build the deck. But like, I disagree. Really? I'm not smart enough to build the deck. You think Rapistrike Urshi is just dead? Um, mostly because of Roxanne. Like before, the only hand disruption was Marnie, and they got around that by adding Guru. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, I kind of fold to Marnie. Well, almost, well, why don't I just play Guru and Prime it Wisdom something to the top? And like, all right, that works. But like Roxanne, like I played Urshi to New Jersey. It was great. Had a great time. Nine rounds of like big brain play, plays every game. That's what it was for nine rounds. And you go like Marnie and I, I, I didn't play Guru. Marnie was terrible. But like now people are going to be playing Roxanne. Also, I think the Urshifu, like what the deck is named for, is probably the worst card in the deck. Um, like towards Urshi list, I think could just be switched to Dark Box. Like baby dark box with the Moltres and the Rowlet and uh, Decidueye that we're seeing, I think that would be a much better play going forward. Now we're talking. I still think Rapture Urshi is very good because Cheryl is also a very good card. Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on the Roxanne though. I'm not expecting a ton of Roxanne. Mew's not running Roxanne. Beebrawl engines shouldn't run Roxanne. So it's just like how much Palkia do you expect? Which I guess is going to be pretty popular. And then how much Inteleon Arceus do you expect? Which Remains to be seen. I just think Roxanne is hyped up more than the play is going to show. That could be wrong. You can't find, yeah, you can't find it mm-hmm. uh, when you need it unless you play more of the copies of Roxanne. But then, like, you play more Roxanne than just as, like a dead card early game. Then you struggle with the early game. So, like, the only way to play it is if you play it with an Italian engine. And then you like then you play an Italian engine and you fold the Roxanne yourself. Yep, which is rough. <laughs> yeah, so I think not that it's saying that. I wouldn't like care about Roxanne, but I don't think I would consider Roxanne as a big hindrance in me choosing to play a deck. It's like, oh, this deck loses a Roxanne. I'd probably be fine with that. But granted, to be fair, I'm also willing to say I'm going to go 0-3 drop because I got Roxanne out of the game and made a bad meta call. If you're not fine admitting that, uh, don't lose to Roxanne because there's a world where that happens to you. Anyway. Last deck, because Sack started to mention it. My number one choice for Milwaukee. I posted a YouTube video on it. I retweeted a slightly updated list. Shout out to Owen, who won the Tabletop Village win a box with the updated list with the zero aura in it. Okay. Dark Box. 
deck is so nuts. I love the freaking Decidueye in it for all the reasons I said the mill tank. You already play the Rowlet because Birdkeeper Rowlet's kind of cute. Just evolve into either the Grass Deep Forest Camo Desi and say you ain't got it like that. Or evolve into the Hisuian Decidueye, which does the same thing Sableye did on a single prizer for zero energy. Have the Baby Moltres package. I love that deck so much. I would be bringing it almost definitely question mark i'd have to grind a few more times against uh what's it called arceus and smart palkia players but i think that deck is very fun the decidueye might be bad but rare candy into aqua bullet is also really 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 good yeah i think that's because i've had people tell me like oh like what if this isn't good like what if this is here blah 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 try the deck and try how often you rare candy into inteleon and that feels so freaking good. Plus, you never start your Zaptives. That also feels very good. So I'm a huge fan of the Desi. It might be cuttable in the future, but as of right now, I like the Desi. If people start teching for Mill Tank, the Desi becomes significantly worse, of course. So that's my number one list deck for uh, what's it called? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that, except for Greninja might see play. <laughs> like getting into Greninja could be pretty easily and it's just snipe my entire board. And then yeah, but um, see, it doesn't have the same struggle that Arceus does in that you have less that you kinda want to get down turn one. So like yeah. getting the Manaphy turn one isn't like the most unrealistic thing, I think, if you're scared of Greninja. But Yeah, yeah. if I could guarantee Manaphy plus keep calling, I'd be pretty good. Um and then also I'm a big fan of the Zeraora having free retreat. Had that card having free retreat is ridiculous. You're like, ah, oh, this is like Coco. And a Palkia out in the same card. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, getting a pivot pack in the deck felt really good. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of that deck too. Other than Greninja. Kind of ruining everything. Yeah, it's definitely like... It's definitely in my top three for NAIC. Um, I don't... like. I, I have no reason to not leak because you're going to see me at table like 512 by like the end <laughs> of the day, bro. Um, <laughs> but... It's definitely, I think, I love the concept. I love the Baby Maltrace. I love Baby Maltrace. I love the Rowlet Birdkeeper package. I think that's, like, one of my favorite little combos that the deck holds is, like, that 60 Snipe is very relevant. There's a lot of scenarios where 60 Snipe can definitely set up math. Um, Birdkeeper Rowlet was, that's every turn one I'm looking for in New Jersey. Birdkeeper Rowlet. Can I get there? Perfect. Sounds good. Can I do it turn two? Might as well, because it's there. <laughs> Let, that play is so good. Let's get into some questions from Twitch chat. First one is for me. Asian Ninja Evan asks, Evan, it was great to meet you at Vancouver. Any stories about how your games went during the Vancouver regionals? How was the weekend? So I'll start off first. Uh, I played Arceus Gyarados. Gotta rep the hashtag brand. Jolteon is a big fat lie. I went one and two against Inteleon decks, and I went three and one against non-Inteleon decks. <laughs> So the Jolteon was a terrible, terrible, terrible card. I hate it. I will never be for it. I said on the podcast and I said on Celio's meta discussion, I didn't think Arceus Gyarados was that good. And sadly, I proved myself right at the tournament by my opponent having their scrapper after I Jolteon them. Or my opponent being able to chain Sharon's care without a single Shady Dealings or Starbirth. Felt so bad. So we ended 4-3. Uh, I could have kept playing to win out for top 64, but instead I dropped and went to play 2010 against Anti-Loader. Shout out to Anti. Got to play and body him with... What did I play? I don't remember what I played. He played Gyarados, I and I played play something Gyarados. else. I think I played Jump Bluff and bodied him with that. 
And then I was able to help the eventual junior regional champion with his top eight match. So that's also feels good where he was originally not sure how to play against Urshifu. We played the matchup twice. He absolutely bodied me because it was like, oh, you just got to do this, this, this. And then he absolutely bodied his top eight match to, to eventually win the junior division. So that feels super good too. And then day two, I got to cube. That was fun. I drafted an absolutely disgustingly good list. If you ignore the fact I had three draw supporters <laughs> and uh, it didn't go that well. But I played Gardevoir, but someone drafted the Gardevoir EX. So I just had mediocre Gardevoirs, but I had two Cleffas. So it was like technically fine. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. So I had a ton of fun there and I got to meet a ton of you all. So thank you to everyone who came up and said you love the pod or you love the YouTubes or just said hi or whatever. I really do appreciate it more than I can express with words because I'm really bad at words. Fun weekend. Highly recommend everyone misses day two as well at some point in your life. because. That was the, My whole life, baby. That was the first time I've missed day two in a while, and it was the most fun I've had day two. <laughs> uh, Mr. Darthbean asks, Evie, what cube do I build to play with my locals who are new? So, Evie, good beginner cube recommendations. Um, build anything from X and Y on. Black and white is getting kind of difficult to use in cube, I'd say. Uh, the cards are severely underpowered compared to Sword and Shield. X and Y is a good starting point. Sun and Moon is a great starting point. I think a Sun and Moon base, like just straight up Q from Sun and Moon is a really great way to go. Um, Sword and Shield is definitely growing to a point where you can do it. Um, but Sun and Moon was so great because you can use the GXs as well as like the, the one prizers that made a really sufficient like like engine. They had enough draw supporters, enough consistency. Um, or I'd say just go like bare bones, like um, I think the first cube I ever started with was like a base fossil jungle cube. Um, the mechanics take like one round to learn, and then after that, it helps you jump into old format cubing, which is like a very popular thing. So like, I'd say like stick to one block, um, and just do that. Don't try and grow the cube beyond that because then it becomes kind of difficult to to teach new players like the mechanics and the the skill involved with drafting. Drafting is Bro, definitely. Can we get a fucking NEIC of Cube? God dang! <laughs> like I want to just play Cube at NEIC. That's all I'm gonna do day two. You don't know. You could make it. No, you're not gonna make it. Bro, you you think I'm making it? The biggest Cube advice I got over the weekend is uh, shout out to Tord for hanging out with me most of the time. But as we were drafting, he was in between rounds on day two. I hand him one of the packs, like. Bro, what do I pick? And of course, everyone in the press is like, you can't do that. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> and Pow Hand Extension was in there. And he's just like, Mello, what's wrong with you? Why are you even thinking? You just take this. And I was like, yeah, it got okay. just kind of broken in cube. The more cube you do, the better it gets. So anyone who may have lost immediately, apparently, <laughs> choices become very obvious after a while. Yeah. Uh, Jack Luxack asks, is Beedrill a dead card now that people are playing these other decks, or is it v or is it still viable? So Beedrill, is this a real card? No. No, just, just straight up no. I don't think it was it a does real card nothing before. It doesn't do anything for Palkia matchups. Yeah. And it got worse. People are playing basic energies more often now. People want to play their Dark Ride, people want to play Palkia. And the deck, the card was bad before, so now it's just. I think just the presence worse of matchups. I think it's just that Arceus like lost a lot of its presence to Palkia, um, and like if you look at the meta share, like the old like majority of Arceus variants like shrunk, and Palkia took that place. Um, Palkia does not lose to Beedrill. Beedrill doesn't do anything in the matchup. So, um, if you're playing a card like 
that's basically you're out two of three of the best decks, um, and it does nothing against a third, I would not be playing Beedrill. I would also, well, Beedrill does take some solid little matchups, but yeah, not helping against Palkia means you need a lot of other options for Beedrill to be viable. Like, for sure. All right. Sack, where can the people find you if they want more of your goodness or to see how you're doing in Milwaukee? Um, I don't really, I should post Twitter updates, huh? Um, but Twitter over at SackSack underscore 17 and then Twitch SackSack17 as well. Check also, out his Saturday stream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be commentating a 1K um, this Saturday over on my channel. So that'll be kind of fun. It'll be an Astro Radiance format, and you could just see more of my opinions uh, as we see new decks or people testing it from Milwaukee over there uh, this Saturday. But yeah. Mikhail, where can the people find you? Twitter at NK0HLI. And someone's Twitch chat at some point. Sadly, not now because I am working 50 hour weeks. Because I gotta pay for college. Um, hopefully soon, I want to start streaming. Because uh, now I won't have a roommate this semester. <laughs> We're gonna try. <laughs> and myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Uh, like, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. It is super appreciated. I do read all the comments. Leave a review and iTunes. I don't read the reviews. I love you all, but I can't take it. I have a fragile ego. This has been another episode of. The Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.